And welcome to it, the Piro Palka podcast, back after a little hiatus. Uh, hiatus because I've been busy. I've been working in cities all over the country on radio shows all over the place. If you go to puropelka.com, you'll usually get the updates on the stories I'm looking at each and every day, puropelka.com. You can find the stories there. And I frequently post links to where I will be broadcasting that day if I'm guest hosting somewhere. That seems to be happening a lot. Like this week, Monday through Thursday, I'm live from 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern in Florida on 92.5 Fox News. And you can listen there online. They stream the thing live, and it's a really good streaming broadcast available at uh, writeallalong.net. Writeallalong.net. And then Wednesday through Friday, I'll be in for the great Dom Giordano on 1210, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, out of Philly, which you can listen to via the free Odyssey app. It's a, an easy thing. And next week, I'm working every day, a couple of doubles next week, too. So busy days for me. That's very good. I'm a, I'm a capitalist. I, I need the money. I need the work. Happy to have it and honored to have it, actually. All right, let's look at today. Uh, today, we are hearing rumors, uh, Kevin McCarthy kind of hinting that the Biden impeachment evidence is increasing, growing. No kidding. No kidding. We're, we're seeing more and more reports, more and more whistleblowers, more and more statements from banks showing us that the Biden crime family was, in fact, doing what we have believed they've been doing now for a couple of years, peddling influence around the globe, selling out America for millions. How else did Joe Biden go from being like the poorest guy in the Senate to being now this uh, super rich ex-vice president? He's not cranking out books or giving speeches anywhere. So where did all that money come from? I think we know. I think we now know. We've tracked it. It came from Hunter's efforts to connect his dad to foreign companies, foreign leaders in exchange for access to America. And hopefully we will get action on this. We heard over the weekend that we were going to get Hunter's business partner, Devin Archer, testifying in front of the House committee. I thought that was going to happen this week. It now looks like it's moved to next week. Why? Why is that being moved to next week? Shouldn't we have that happening right now? Devin Archer, who reportedly has told people at least two dozen times, this is through the reporting of Miranda Devine, at the New York Post. Great stuff by Miranda Devine. Read her book, Laptop from Hell, if you haven't. It documents everything that uh, we've known about the Hunter Biden laptop for a couple of years now. But Miranda Devine reporting, Devin Archer saying at least two dozen times, Hunter and he were doing business with some of their foreign clients and they called up Joe and got him on the phone. So all those times that Joe denied, 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 knowing anything about what Hunter was doing, well, apparently it's all Bravo Sierra. But we kept the tapes. How many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses, period. And what I will do is the same thing we did in our administration. There will be an absolute wall between personal and private uh, and, and, and the government. Do you stand by your statement that you did not discuss any of your son's overseas business? Yes, I stand by that statement. 
Huh, stand by that statement. Well, I seem to remember that uh, we had that phone call, that that phone call Joe Biden made to Hunter to kind of tell him that the newspaper coverage of his overseas business dealings, that, that coverage uh, looked like it wasn't going to lay a glove on him. This was on Hunter's either cell phone or on his laptop, saved to it, you know, <laughs> They gave us all the evidence, didn't they? In Palestine, it's 8.15 um, on uh, Wednesday night. You get a chance to be called. Not, it doesn't hurt you. just want to talk to you. I thought the article, at least the thing on online, is going to be printed tomorrow. The Times is good. I think you're clear. I think you're clear. The Times, yeah, the New York Times, not the Washington Times. The New York Times carrying water for the Democrats. We think you're clear. And then there was Hunter on ABC, on Nightline, being interviewed by, I think her name was Amy Rohrbach. Yeah, and Hunter said a whole bunch of things in that interview. Did you and your father ever discuss Ukraine? No. As I said, the only time was after a news account. It wasn't a discussion in any way. There's no but to this. No, we never did. Your dad said, I hope you know what you're doing. I hope you know what you're doing. I do. And I said, I do. And that was literally the end of our discussion. When he said, I hope you know what you're doing, what did he think you were doing? Well, he read the press reports that I joined the board of Burisma, which was a Ukrainian natural gas company. There's been a, a, a lot of misinformation about me, not about my dad. Nobody buys that, but it buys this idea that I was unqualified to be on the board. You were paid $50,000 a month for your position? Look, I'm a private citizen. One thing that I don't have to do is sit here and open my kimono as it relates to how much money I make or make or did or didn't. But it's all been reported. If your last name wasn't Biden, do you think you would have been asked to be on the board of Burisma? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. Do you regret being on the board to begin with? No, I don't regret being on the board. What I regret is not taking into account that there would be a Rudy Giuliani and a president of the United States that would be listening to this this ridiculous conspiracy idea, which has, again, been completely debunked by everyone. No, it, it hasn't been debunked. It hasn't been. It was not Russia collusion for the Trump campaign. It's been shown to be true. And uh, I think it's time. I think it's time for either an impeachment or a special counsel. I don't think we're going to get a special counsel, but I think we really need one at this point. Just Hunter Biden. He's so cocky, too. Remember, he was 100% certain that uh, he will be cleared in all of this. I'm cooperating um, completely. And I am absolutely certain, 100% certain, that at the end of the investigation, that I will be cleared of any wrongdoing. No, don't think so. We'll see. He's supposed to appear in court tomorrow, which uh, is for the plea agreement. And I sincerely hope the judge says we have to put this on hold. Because the Democrats will be able to say, oh, this this matter is done. Let's move on. That's what they want to say. Move on. No, I hope the judge says, look, there's so much coming out now about Hunter and Joe and Jim and Jill and all the money that was being sucked up from European governments and some of these shady investment deals that really had no business. Honestly, what was the Biden family business? We don't know. But I will tell you this, there's a shift. 
with the latest news that Devin Archer is going to testify with the latest form, the 1023 form that was released that shows that Joe got $5 million, that Hunter got $5 million, and this is how the Biden family operated. The latest shift is now not that Joe never talked to his son, but they're now changing the meaning, saying, well, they were ne- never in business together. It came up yesterday at the press briefing. Uh, Chairman James Comer today says that the Oversight Committee, excuse me, has evidence that the president in the past communicated directly with foreign business associates of his son Hunter Biden many times. Curious if the White House and the president still stand behind his comment that he's never been involved and has never even uh, spoken to his son about his So I've been been asked this question a million times. The answer is not going to change. The answer remains the same. The president was never in business with his son. I just don't have anything else to add. So we've gone from uh, they never talked about business to he's never been in business with his son. So technically she's not lying, but they're covering up. And the cover-up is often worse than the crime. I do think this is worse than Watergate. And just when I thought the media was starting to come back and ask real questions at the uh, press briefing, I was kind of hopeful for that. Uh, Yesterday in the press briefing, this was Monday, one of the people in the media couldn't resist asking just a flat-out stupid waste-of-time question. Did you see Barbie or Oppenheimer this (laughs) week? I knew I was going to get that question. Um, (laughs) I did not but it heard that it did very well. I knew I was going to get that question. No. Some idiot asked, did you see Barbie or Oppenheimer? It's Oppenheimer. It's not Oppenheimer. Our press is terrible. There's like six people in that room who you would trust. Ducey, of course. It's just so irritating to me. And KJP would not answer. Corinne Jean-Pierre would not answer uh, correctly answer questions about high inflation, and they're just pitching this lie. It's all untrue. This is a big week for the economy. Um, the Federal Reserve will likely raise rates again on Wednesday, putting the interest rates into a, a range we had for 2007. So are high interest rates and about 2% growth a side effect of Bidenomics? I'm just not going to get into what the Federal, uh, Federal Reserve is going to make a decision on or not. They are independent. I'm not going to get into hypotheticals from here. Uh, they have the independence to, we give them the independence to make sure that they make monetary decisions on their own. How about dynamics and high interest rates then? I, I like the fact that this guy went back to the original question. Well, what about binomics and higher interest rates? Are high interest rates because of binomics? Nothing to do with talking about the, uh, the Fed raising interest rates, which we'll find out today. This guy actually brought her back to the topic, which he tried to deflect from. Look, what I can say is binomics is about making sure that we build an economy that doesn't leave anybody behind, right? Uh, when you see the data, when you see that inflation has indeed come down, uh, has, been, uh, has, has come down the last 12 months, uh, and uh, that's important. That's what the data has showed. Uh, that is important. And also, while wages are going up. And so this is binomics at work. Uh, this is what the president, this is the president's policies, making sure, again, that we build an economy from the bottom up, middle out. I'm not going to get into the Federal Reserve, the decision that they may or may not make. That is up to them. They are independent. 
Yeah, we weren't asking about that, really. That was just a statement of fact that the the Fed is going to make a decision on interest rates. But we wanted to know if the high interest rates and high inflation are really something that that have been caused by Bidenomics and the Biden policies. And she was ducking that all along. Of course they are. Of course inflation is twice as high as it was when Joe Biden took office. Is it as high as it was when uh, they last summer? No. It can't stay that high forever, especially when the Fed came in and started raising interest rates, trying to force the economy to cool off. We'll see what happens today. Speaking of Joe Biden, he's still running uh, for the uh, 2024 presidency. He's still running. He hasn't backed down. I predicted he's not going to be the nominee. I also predicted Donald Trump won't be the nominee because I think the uh, the Democrats and their cohorts in the media are just out to get him. They're going to do whatever they have to. Another indictment could come down today. They're going to probably indict him once a week now until next year. But Joe Biden's still running. And we've we've had problems with Joe Biden and his ethics for a long time. We talked about what he's doing with Hunter, but his ethics have been in the in the media forever. But I'm old enough to remember when the media actually reported on them and mocked Joe Biden for his ethical failures. On the political scene, uh, one of the Democratic candidates is Senator Joseph Biden. Have you seen the problem he's been having? He went around and made a speech and apparently He quoted a, I think it was a British politician, took his speech and kind of paraphrased it as his own. And then the press got on him. And then he was charged also with taking part of Bobby Kennedy's speeches. And Biden says, not to worry. He reassured his staff. He said, we have nothing to fear, but fear itself. (laughs) Yeah, so 1988, Johnny Carson actually took Joe Biden to task. Uh, Biden had to drop out of the presidential race. On the Democrat side, when he got caught plagiarizing, of course, he's been lying about his educational background forever and ever and ever. And yet he's still here. Yet he's currently the president of the United States. So bizarre. So bizarre. Speaking of people who've been around a long time, Nancy Pelosi was on CNN with Dana Bash. Nancy Pelosi on CNN with Dana Bash. Uh, they had a couple of interesting exchanges. Uh, Dana Bash asked Nancy, uh, wh- basically, why do Joe Biden's poll numbers suck? A Quinnipiac poll this week found nearly six in 10 Americans still disapprove of his handling of the economy. Why is that and what does he have to do to turn that around? First of all, uh, that number seems low. I think it's closer to 70 percent. But you go ahead. Let's see what Nancy has to say. Well, a lot of it's a about messaging, of course. Uh, I'm so proud of this president. In the two years that we were in the majority working with him, he broke all records. Uh, on the level with a Lyndon Johnson or uh, a um, Franklin Roosevelt. In ter- yeah, breaking records in terms of spending our money and putting us deeper and deeper into debt for generations. In terms of the caliber of legislation that he passed mm-hmm. into for the good of the people, lowering prescription drugs, uh, again, cutting in half, as you indicate, cutting in half unemployment. So why isn't the American public giving credit for Almost 14 million jobs. 
It, it has to be messaged. It, it is a, a legitimate question. I ask myself all the time, too. I, uh, I ask myself all the time, too. Why is Nancy Pelosi still there? Uh, Danabash, in, in their discussion, also showed that she's willing to jump in and bail out Nancy Pelosi when she screws something up. This past week, two IRS whistleblowers, career yeah. investigators, testified under oath that the Justice Department slow walked the investigation yeah. into President Biden's son, Hunter, and ignored recommendations to file more serious felony charges. Are you confident the politics did not play a role here? Well, it was, a, a, if you met, you since you referenced mm-hmm. the hearing, mm-hmm. what a ridiculous clown show, again, on the part of the Republicans. Here was a purpose that, that you described. What did they do? Bring in Joe Kennedy talking about censorship, that he's who? being censored Wait, as he's who? talking to the world in a congressional hearing. Joe Kennedy? I'm sorry? Nancy? Joe Kennedy? And showing pictures uh, that had nothing to do with the essence right. of it. I think you mentioned Robert, Robert F. Kennedy, but on the oh, essence of it. So just it's okay. Robert there are a lot of Kennedys. Oh, yes. Nice of her to help out there. I think you meant Robert Kennedy. Oh, yes, yes. And then she says, it's okay. There's a lot of Kennedys, like a lot of Democrats in the media, willing to be your helper. Hmm. At the end, uh, Dana Bash asked Nancy Pelosi if she's going to run again, because, you know, we keep hearing from Pelosi that it's just one more term, just one more term. I don't think she can ever leave. I'm surprised she gave up the speakership, but that must have been a deal. So what did Nancy say? Before I let you go, are you going to run for re-election? I'm not making any political plans here today, but uh, I'm enjoying my uh, service with the members. Our new members are wonderful. Our leadership, Hakeem Jeffries, Catherine Clark. What's uh, your timeline? I I will say. We'll see. We'll see. (laughs) But anyway, it's lovely to see you. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, thanks for asking. Lovely to see you. Got to go now. You're entirely too curious about my future. Yeah, sure. Sure. What a maroon. Uh, speaking of maroons, we, we have to cover the craziness in the trans world, which means we have to play our little introduction to the trans segment. Our Jenny Gender intro. Jenny, don't change your gender. Please don't be a guy. Jenny, don't change your gender. LGBTQ plus two IA. LGBTQ plus two IA. LGBTQ plus two IA. LGBTQ plus two IA. Yes, the world of the transgender madness, the woke transgender madness, just keeps providing us with more and more idiotic clips. Like this one from a trans person, someone who I believe is a biological male presenting as a female who wants us all, wants you and I, to come up with some reparations for them. What? Trans reparations? Oh, yeah. If you're cis, I want you to message the trans person in your life and ask them what is one thing that you can do to lighten their load this week. Whether- well, first, stop using the word cis, and I might be a little more open 
to addressing you without laughing at you. Cisgender is not a word. It's a word you guys created, and we don't recognize it. Even Elon Musk doesn't recognize it on Twitter. But it gets weirder. Just this person wants you to message your straight friends, your normal friends, and ask them. Ask them for favors. Really, seriously. They want us to give them help in their daily lives. Not kidding. Whether that be grocery shopping, folding laundry, doing dishes, ask the trans people in your life if there's a task or something that you can offer them. Yeah, I'm going to take out the garbage and fold your laundry. How weird, how creepy, how needy, how awful is this? And it gets weirder. To help with the burden that we're carrying because we're having to deal with all of this stuff right now while having to deal with all of the life stuff that we regularly deal with. No, no one else is dealing with life stuff. No one else is dealing with stress and tension and pressure. It's just you. You people who claim that you're in the wrong body or the wrong gender or you really can't cope with the world. Yeah, we all have troubles, Kiko. But again, it gets even creepier. And the regular life stuff that we deal with is life stuff. And then there's transphobia and living as a trans person in the world. And then there's what's going on right now, which is all of that combined. And then send that trans person $5 so they can get themselves a treat. Oh, that's it. Now we're supposed to send money, send cash, send $5 to your trans friend. Give them trans reparations. No, no. It's, it's truly mental health, I believe. And I hope they get help. Uh, over in New Jersey, the governor, Phil Murphy, as my friend Rich calls him, King Philip the Unaccountable, was on the CBS on the Sunday morning show talking about the trans kids in school. Now, I think Murphy wants to run for president when Biden drops out. I think he's one of several Democrats who want to run for president, including Gavin Newsom. What did Governor Murphy have to say about trans kids and uh, hiding their trans identity from their parents in the schools? But parents are always involved. It's certainly in our administration. They're always at the table and they always will be. But let's be smart about this. Let's protect the rights of these precious kids. Let's do things the right way, the American way. And, uh, and I think if we do that in a spirit of respecting everyone's rights, uh, yeah. protecting the LGBTQIA plus community will land in a good place. Well, uh, one of the attorneys for a school board in Marlboro, one of these districts, said that this um, blocking of a school counselor or a staff member from telling a parent about this is a violation of a constitutional right for a parent to direct and control the upbringing of their children. Why isn't that compelling? Obviously, parents are the, the, the existential uh, reality in, in, in the upbringing of any child, without question. I don't deny that for one second. But let's not violate the constitution, uh, constitutional and civil rights of precious young folks, in many cases, who are coming to grips with life and, and, as, they, as they grow up and grow older. Let's be respectful of that. Uh, yeah, why don't you just give them the right to vote, too? And while you're at it, why don't you give them all driver's licenses at the age of 10? No, kids don't have the same rights that adults have. Well, unless you're a Democrat. This guy is nuts.
but he also wants to be president. He's also putting on a pretty good press. And I guarantee if Biden drops, he'll pop up. Let's be all in this together as opposed to this us versus them, this Mm -hmm. demonizing. And when that happens, invariably, it's the LGBT community that gets it, particularly trans uh, uh, folks who get behind the eight ball. No, no, that's not what happens. And I have a friend who asked a very, very solid question this week. He said, you know, they all throw out the uh, the suicide issue that so many of these trans kids, if we don't give them hormone blockers when they're children, if we don't start doing uh, genital mutilations of them, they're going to kill themselves. And I'm thinking, I don't recall uh, all these suicides of, of transgender kids for the last 60 years, for the last 100 years. So stop playing that card, and let's get these kids help. And Murphy, how about you just work on the state of New Jersey and cancel the wind farms offshore because you're killing, you're killing all the sea life out there. Just really crazy people. It does bother me. It troubles me. Uh, a couple other things we're going to have to look at. Uh, hypocritical Cori Bush. You know, she's the Missouri congressperson, part of the squad who um, is always talking about defunding the police. Uh, she's been caught spending tens of thousands of campaign money to hire her husband as a security guard. So her husband's getting paid a lot of money to protect her. Yeah, from the campaign. She's, uh, she's someone who's just a fool, but she's also someone who wants the police to be defunded while she can put money from her campaign into her husband's pockets and say he's protecting her. If I end up spending 200000 if I spend 10, 10, 10 more dollars on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up and defunding the police has to happen. So suck it up. Wow. And she'll probably be reelected because her district has been gerrymandered to the point where she'll never lose, like Ilhan Omar. I know, I know we could wish for people to wake up. Uh, It may not happen in time. Uh, Speaking of waking up, uh, I'm really keeping an eye on China. China and Russia are now doing military exercises together in order to learn how to take out American submarines. Yeah, they're actually working together. Uh, China's still circling the island of Taiwan with uh, fighter jets trying to threaten Taiwan. We don't know when that's going to happen. It's probably going to happen sooner than we think because Joe Biden's such a weak president. But the biggest concern for me is the rewriting of the Bible that China is doing. Actual rewriting of the Bible. And to understand it, I reached out to our friend Gordon Chang, Gordon G. Chang on Twitter. He's going to talk to us about that very subject. I appreciate you being here, Gordon Chang. And, uh, well, let's dive into it. Welcome back. Thank you so much, Mike. Uh, Gordon, I want to get into some of the, obviously, the, the governmental stuff, military issues that are happening halfway around the world. But there's a story I think a few of us have been following for a couple of years now, and that is China's efforts or plans to rewrite the Bible, maybe even the Koran and other religious texts. But it seems like it's picking up momentum. What do you know? It certainly is, Mike. Um, 
communism is inherently hostile to religion. It uh, sometimes tries to coexist, but only when it feels it doesn't have the means to extinguish religion. Right now, Xi Jinping believes that he can extinguish religion, which is what he is doing. And so we are seeing, for instance, these this 10-year effort to rewrite the Bible. And it's a rewriting so that um, Jesus comes out and Xi Jinping comes in. And really, it is um, unrecognizable, the, the process afterwards. This is not the King James Version, um, where you have slight differences from previous versions of the Bible. This is um, making it look like Mao's Red Book. Wow, that's a little scary. So you replace Jesus with Xi Jinping? Is that, I, I, I'm stunned, but aren't there currently existing in China current updated versions of the Bible without the Chinese government being written into it? There are many of them. Um, as a matter of fact, the world's Bibles are actually printed in China. Um, but um, Christians have um, smuggled Bibles into China. And um, although um, there have been a number of uh, disappointing um, developments with regard to Catholicism in China, in 2018, Pope Francis came to an agreement with China over um, the control of the Catholic Church, we're seeing two things. First of all, unofficial Catholic churches, congregations spring up um, because they don't want to be part of the official Catholic Church. And in addition, um, we have house Protestant congregations, which um, Protestantism is spreading very fast in China. In, in China, I should just back up, there are five official religions um, one of them is Catholic, one of them is Protestant, um, but they're, house, they're, they're controlled. And so what we have witnessed uh, are people saying they don't want part of uh, anything official, and they pray on their own, and the um, Communist Party can't control them. Well, you would hope, but you know, I know some of, the, some of the groups that oppose the Communist Party and the current regime get shipped off to, I guess we could call them religion, re-education, labor camps? Well, certainly the Uyghurs um, and the Kazakhs and the other Turkic minorities in the northwest part of the country have been shipped off to um, re-education camps, perhaps two to three million of them, um, where people are dying, where people are tortured, um, and there's an attempt to eliminate Islam, of course. But there's also an attempt to eliminate Christianity. You know, if we go back 10 years or so ago, um, there's always been hostility to the religions that are considered to be foreign, but Buddhism was considered to be Chinese and was tolerated. Now even Buddhism is not tolerated. So the attack on religion is um, comprehensive. Oh, it sounds like it's complete if you're going after Buddhism as well as uh, Western Christianity religions. I, I never even heard of a synagogue in China. Does the Jewish faith exist anywhere in China that you know? Um, there are a few very small congregations. Um, the Jews have a um, really interesting history um, in China, especially during the Second World War. Um, and very hardy, um, and they have continued to today. But of course, um, they are also um, um, under attack. And, and Judaism is not one of the five official religions. Mm. Um, but um, for historical reasons, um, there is more tolerance of Judaism. Um, but what we have across China 
is you know whether we're talking about the Christian religions or we're talking about um, Islam, um, all of these are under unrelenting attack. And this is um, a hallmark of Xi Jinping's rule, who believes that he is entitled to the absolute obedience of the Chinese people. And a part of that obedience is um, an acceptance of atheism. So um, this is communism at its worst. But the good story here is that uh, this is a battle that Xi Jinping cannot win. You can't win a battle uh, over people's faith. Um, one way or another, they will find a way to pray. They'll find a way to congregate. And it makes it actually more hardy um, if they're outside the official um, uh, sanctioned churches. Well, that makes me feel better. And I, I do believe in the end, despite the decline, it seems, in organized religion's power in this country, that around the world, people eventually come back to their faith. It sometimes takes a, a little while. The journey has to be allowed to happen. But everybody seems to find their way back, especially at the end when they're faced with their ultimate uh, death. Then they finally realize, well, maybe I should think about God again. Uh, start early, people. It's always a good, a good time. Uh, Gordon Chang is with us. We're talking with Gordon G. Chang on Twitter. Gordon G. Chang on Twitter. Gordon, while we're talking about things happening halfway around the world, uh, this American soldier who wandered into North Korea for whatever reason, uh, do you have any update on, on what's going on with this guy? Well, Private Travis King um, uh, was on a tour at the Joint Security Area. That's Penmunjong. Um, and he bolted across the military demarcation line, which is um, at Panmunjong. It's just a, basically a curb um, about six inches high. And he bolted over it. The North Koreans have him. The United States is trying to talk to North Korea. So far, there's been no response from Pyongyang. Um, this occurs uh, at a very sensitive time because on the 27th of this month, uh, we will commemorate the 70th anniversary of the Korean War armistice that ended the fighting in the war. Also, the USS Kentucky, a ballistic missile submarine, has docked at Busan. The North Koreans are um, upset. Um, they said that the mere presence of the Busan gives them a legitimate reason to use nuclear weapons, um, which is uh, ludicrous, but nonetheless, um, this is um, this is the result of, if I can back up here, this is the result of decades of failure of American presidents, Republicans, Democrats, liberals, and conservatives, to respond to Chinese threats to use nukes. Um, and as we failed to respond to those threats, um, Putin decided he could make those threats. Last year, um, Kim Jong-un of North Korea started uh, making preemptive threats to use his nukes. So we live in a very dangerous world um, because we have opened the door to bad actors using nuclear weapons or threatening to use them. Uh, it's a little disturbing, and especially since you and I talked about a week and a half ago about that uh, that ICBM test that, that North Korea ran that had a solid fuel rocket that was up for over an hour and now they're again saber rattling the nuclear saber rattling um we'll keep it on that and one more Gordon Taiwan I have a friend who is on a two-year assignment in Taiwan and she keeps posting videos from their their balcony they live in a high-rise and regularly 
there are Taiwanese fighter jets circling the island, and it's in plain sight and pretty much almost every day. Is it getting more threatening there? Are you hearing uh, any signs that uh, China might be getting ready to make a move? Yeah. Uh, over time, um, Beijing's naval and air uh, exercises around Taiwan have become larger and more threatening. And Taiwan has to send up its um, air assets uh, to meet this, which is wearing down the Taiwan Air Force. Um, this is this is inherently dangerous because right now China is unstable. Its economy is failing. This morning we learned that perhaps 46% of China's urban young are without a job, um, an astounding number. Wow. Um, but also um, the foreign minister has disappeared. He's not been seen in public since June 25th. Um, Qin Gong, the foreign minister, was known to be a protege of Xi Jinping, the Chinese ruler. And in Communist Party politics, the way you attack the leader is you attack the leader's um, protégés. So this suggests high-level uh, infighting in the party. So China's unstable. Xi Jinping could very well decide that uh, the, his only way out is to attack Taiwan or some other victim. And this really means that... Um, we right now could very well be at the edge of war, but uh, as a nation, we are oblivious. We don't see the immediacy of this, and so we could be taken by surprise. I hope not. Uh, I, I certainly hope not. I, I've been watching our officials in a parade over to China and back with the Treasury Secretary, with John Kerry, with the Secretary of State, and we always seem to be on the short end of the stick in our uh, dealings with the Chinese, and they seem to have free reign inside of our email systems with some of our diplomats as well. I I just wish we could be a little stronger, Gordon. And uh, I'm not looking for a war. I'm just looking for a uh, a strong country that would be a deterrent to war. Uh, and I hope I'm not wrong on that thinking. Yeah, we need some deterrence because we obviously don't have it right now. Uh, Gordon Chang is the guy. He is the man. Follow him on Twitter, Gordon G. Chang. Thank you for talking with us about faith and about freedom and about what's happening halfway around the world, my friend. Well, thank you so much, Mike, and stay safe. 